looking up these docks just so I know what's on the docket. This is like the first time we've ever started at 4 p.m. sharp. <laughs> no fucking kidding. It's crazy. Well, normally, like, we, we schedule and we're like, okay, let's record at four on such and such day. And then it goes like, well, I'm going to be running 15 minutes late. And it's like, well, I have a hard stop at 530. And it's like, yeah. well, tomorrow would work better for me. <laughs> it, it gets to like 358 and I'm like, I have a plumbing emergency. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm going to have to <laughs> miss this episode. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> clockwork. We'll get five minutes before we're supposed to start recording. And one of my cats will just puke in the middle of one of the rooms. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's like, awful. Yeah. Whoever's whoever's on time, I'm like, yeah, today I'll be on time. And then Todd's just on the toilet. And then it's like, oh, shit, the toilet's <laughs> overflowing. I don't know what I'm going to do here. Yeah. Yeah. All the fans were like, they will never start the podcast exactly <laughs> four o'clock. And now they're spitting out. <laughs> cereal <laughs> well to celebrate us starting the podcast at exactly four o'clock i got two mike's hard lemonades lined up oh, oh you're boy. drinking nice I, yeah. I gotta fucking cut my drinking down for the rest of the time i'm in school but i'm hitting these uh these disposable weed pens as if they're like candy sticks they made a jewel for <laughs> weed yeah. they really did yeah and it rocks hell yeah weed no downsides no reason to ever cut back <laughs> it only yeah. helps your brain I also just got back from the grocery store. I didn't have time to eat an actual lunch before we uh, recorded this. I had to go grocery shopping. So at the counter, I was like, give me a quarter pound of the Gabagool. (laughs) And this like just extremely like, uh, I don't know, old white lady was like, excuse me? (laughs) And I like begrudgingly pointed to the Capicola. I'm sorry, ma'am. For you (laughs) non-Sopranos viewers out there. What, are you even Italian? (laughs) Are you even allowed to be selling this? Go back to selling corned (laughs) beef. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm Gabagool maxing. Yeah, you just ate a half pound of meat like Tony. I love when Tony does that on the show. He just goes to the fridge, takes a packet of, of meat <laughs> mm-hmm. and just like shoves slices in his mouth. No, that's what I actually did. Yeah. I, I yeah, like I great. had some crackers and I had some Gabagool and I had a couple pieces of cheese. I didn't eat the whole quarter pound of Gabagool. Right. Yeah, right. You're, you're not a 280 pound mob boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all yeah. his emotions by eating salted cured meats. Well, that's like my stepdad's family is Italian and Irish and but the Italian influence is much heavier in terms of the food. And so like if if I'm over at at my parents' house, the fridge is always full of like heavily spiced deli meats. Hell and yeah. I got to tell you, I usually go for the prosciutto. Yep. That's my favorite. Yep. Um and once in a while they'll have some speck in there and I fucking oh, yeah. love speck. Yeah. Oh yeah, what is speck? Is that like a type of it's ham? It's basically bacon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, yeah, but it's like cut real thin and yeah. it's like dried in and cu- I think it's cured and then dried, but I'm not sure. So speck is just the German word for bacon. Oh. Okay. Uh, but speck. yeah, like because you have, uh, you know, in Asian countries, you have the pork belly. Right. Right. Real thick. Uh, everybody's got a different bacon. Mm-hmm. Canadian bacon. That's not bacon. Fuck no. you. Yeah. Well, I got to say, like, <laughs> it's really a toss up between pork belly and American style bacon because I've Mm -hmm. had like the British cuts of bacon which is from generally the same part of the animal they just don't cut when they cut our style of bacon they call it fatty bacon or streaky bacon compared to their (laughs) normal bacon which is Mm. leaner and I'm like what's the point of bacon if it's gonna be lean yeah I'm eating pork baby this is a cheat day let me have it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, the British also have, uh, it's just an island full of mentally ill pedophiles, so, like, mm-hmm. fuck the UK. Sorry. Yeah, but so is Japan, and they have great food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> England has no excuse. I, I really wanted to defend Japan, but you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. England is like, well, if we're going to be mentally ill pedophiles, we'll also just eat something called spotted dick and see no yeah. problem with mm-hmm. it. Jellied mm-hmm. eels and a toast <laughs> yeah. sandwich. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. It's like you've really given up on the world. Well, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like, you know how sometimes you'll watch a TV show and there'll be one villain who's like really charismatic and mm-hmm. like really friendly, but you still hate them because oh. they're evil. And then there's another villain who's just like, got nothing nothing going on just a (laughs) a well just a black hole of emotional content that's japan versus england in terms of imperial island nation (laughs) (laughs) god spotted dick is not at all what i imagined it's like a steamed pudding with currants in it and like i'm looking this up it's yeah, actually yeah. pretty good. I've tried it. Just it actually sounds good. Meme. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, why is it called oh. that? Like, call yeah, it I was imagining else. like a like a polka dotted sausage. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's what I figured. You, <laughs> you think spotted dick is gonna be like the gross shit that Americans eat, but with a funny yeah. name, and then yeah, you yeah. open it up and it's not potted meat, yeah. and you're like, what the fuck, England? You're eating cakes out of a tin? <laughs> <laughs> why are you calling it dick? It well, looks actually fair, pretty good. The picture that I pulled up, it's a it's a round cake. Uh, so there, there is a hole in it, so you could put your dick into. Mm, that's true. And then, so technically, putting your dick into a spotted dick technically would be sounding. So it's yeah. wait a minute. No, oh, I guess it would be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's where the name comes from. People were sticking their dicks in it, and they were going, "Ah, oh, dick spotted, dick spotted in the in the pudding." It's train spotting, but it's dick spotting. Dick yeah. Spotting. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome to Beep Beep Lettuce, everybody. The only show that's going to uh, tell the same jokes you've been hearing your entire life about British food. Um, but I, a story that, that Todd wanted to talk about uh, that the I almost tunnels! forgot to put in the notes. Yeah, <laughs> we have to talk about oh, Dude, my third eye is why it's like fucking, <laughs> oh my, this is like Christmas for the most schizoid people you've ever met. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, give us the details. I, I want to get schizoid. I'm, I'm okay. smoking weed right now. So a couple days ago, um, videos started emerging on Twitter of a situation that was developing like live uh, out of Brooklyn, Crown Heights, Brooklyn. This uh, this synagogue, this shul uh, called, se- I think, 770 after like the street number it's on. Yeah. These young, um, young unmarried men, right? So they... Uh, Basically, you have, uh, for those of you, for those of you who are like, is, are all Jews just going to start popping out of tunnels now? These are like the, these are the Amish of the Jews. These are like yeah. the, the, the Jewest, Jewiest of the Jews. These are ultra conservative Orthodox. Are they Hasidic or, or are they just they're super? They're Hasids. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're yeah. Hasidic, and it's yeah. interesting, interesting because there's two different um, factions at this one synagogue, okay. one of which believes that the Messiah, uh, their Messiah was like a rabbi who lived in Brooklyn like a hundred years ago. And the okay. other are like, I guess, slightly less insane. I, I like that they were like, hey, <laughs> we are going to do a Haile Selassie, but instead of the yeah. king of Ethiopia, it's a guy in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he died in 1994. I think it's like there's a dispute over who owns this synagogue. Yeah. There's a sort of like more normal Hasidic like sect and then there's like a smaller sect within it that believes that that guy was the messiah and i think some of them think he didn't actually die like i was reading an article about it and there was like a plaque for him that said something that was basically like in memoriam and they like scratched that part out because they were like no he's still physically alive and he's mm-hmm. the messiah he did not die in 1994 <laughs> they think he's coming so this, back this but is kind of the jewish equivalent was... of of when you have like a bunch of mormons 
And yeah. then also in the town, you have a significant chunk of fundamentalist Latter-day Saints who are yeah, like, no, pretty much. You, we don't respect the laws of the land and we do all the weird shit Joseph Smith said to do. <laughs> and, and, and we believe that L. Ron Hubbard will return. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It's oh, no, no. So I'm religion up. But... Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, up. that's okay. So, I'm a Ray alien anyway. So these uh, these Jews were climbing out of sewers, literally climbing out of sewers. This is not a conspiracy. <laughs> this is not a schizo theory. There's videos of Jews just climbing out of sewers and tunnels in Brooklyn and getting hauled off by the NYPD. And the story that's being uh, put forward, I think there's two main explanations for why they were digging tunnels. Uh, the main explanation, and I don't think the timeline lines up, was that they were uh, there was like social distancing in effect, and they built the tunnels to get from one building to another to worship and to study Torah during COVID. Mm. But I don't think the timeline lines up on that. The second explanation, uh, which kind of seems plausible, is they were trying to expand the synagogue without pulling a a building permit. And Mm -hmm. so they were just building tunnels in the fucking basement. So so (laughs) wait, wait. What would be the end game of that, though? Like, you build the tunnels, and then you furbish them, you reinforce them, you make them nice to walk through, and then you just, like, hope that nobody asks, like, where did the, all of this extra space come <laughs> yeah, from? Yeah, basically. Yeah. You're not thinking like a tunnel builder, John. <laughs> the third explanation is, and the, and the one that the the sort of, um, the right-wing Twitter schizo sect immediately grabbed onto was that these tunnels were being used for child sex trafficking, which oh, come on. The, Any, in these... one of the videos, there is a stained mattress being mm. pulled out of the tunnels. And then from photos of the tunnels taken by the NYPD, there were like high chairs and like really sketchy shit. And to be mm. fair, the Orthodox and Hasidic communities do not have the best track record with child sex abuse. Yeah, I'm just fair, I'm just fucking saying. Fair yeah, I enough. Mean, <laughs> but also, like, didn't this lead to a shul? Like, there's there's children who are taught in no, there. No, no, like, no. Those shul all... is what, what you call a synagogue. Because oh, well, you, you sit in there and you read Torah. Oh, I see. But yeah. a lot of synagogues also have schools in them. So, right? So this particular one, kind of creepily, I'm not, not look, I'm just saying, right? <laughs> Had the the tunnel was looked like it was headed towards a ch- quote unquote children's museum across mm. the street, mm. which is kind of creepy. It's a little weird. <laughs> to and me, like, I would let, I would say like if you can if there already are ways to like abuse children within these churches above ground, it's like you don't really need to build a tunnel to do that. Yeah. It feels like it's already doable. <laughs> it was very funny when they they pull. There's a video where the NYPD cops pull out a section of wall, mm-hmm. and there's just a bunch of. Uh, and then specifically, uh, young unmarried men, uh, they call mm-hmm. them Boshurim, and they're just sitting there reading Torah <laughs> in a tunnel. <laughs> they're just sitting in a tunnel reading Torah. That's, they pull, they pull the fucking it. wall panels back. It's, yeah. it's very funny because there's also like the perp walk video, mm-hmm. right? Where they're just escorting these Hasids away and they're, they're, you know, they're, they've got their, their hats and their suits and everything and their, um, you know, they're in their getup. And the only thing I could think of while watching this is this perp walk looks like they just did Jewish goodfellas. <laughs> they're arresting they, all oh, of they them. Got, they got Tommy Tora got taken away and uh, Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Minoro. They got, they, he spilled the 
borscht on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also like this wouldn't be. I mean, this is a crazy fucking story. Digging tunnels in New York City of all places. Like, where mm-hmm. part of it they got yes. caught because like neighbors heard noises under their buildings, right? Yeah, people yeah, were like yeah, anonymously <laughs> reporting like someone built a tunnel without authorization. And, 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 and there was like there was a them. guy on Twitter who like dug up his oh, yeah. own post where he <laughs> tweeted months ago. He's like, I, I keep hearing Yiddish under my floorboard. I swear to God, I am not diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, there man. are people building, there are Jewish people building tunnels. And then he dug, he dug the posts off uh, up and he's like, I swear, I told you guys I'm not crazy. He's so vindicated. Yeah. Something also interesting. I didn't know this until today, but there's an article from 2021 in forward about 770 Eastern Parkway. So it already, because of this, uh, the guy that they believe was the Messiah like lived and worked at this mm-hmm. or at least like had his offices at this building. It's like sort of believed that it has like a special significance and there's like 30 something replicas of it all over the world. Like I think this article says once the one in Nigeria is finished, there will be Holy at least shit. one on every continent except Antarctica. God damn. So there's a picture of the one in uh, Sao Paulo. There's one in uh, like Israel, I think where they like recreate the building exactly like brick by brick. Yeah. It's like the I- same color. Same like roof look. Everything is the same because it's, of the significance I, 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 it holds. Listen to me. I was withholding judgment until you brought that up. And now, <laughs> <laughs> CIA, one hundred percent. The CIA yeah. has determined that there is a fringe religious movement within the Orthodox Hasidic sects of New York's yeah. Jews, and they have infiltrated and given them the resources to construct <laughs> replicas of a building in Park Slope in thirty countries around yeah. the world. But Are that's you the with it's me, crazy. That, that's why. That, but the thing is. It's like the Orthodox and Hasidic communities are not, there are, there are parts of those communities that support Israel, but a lot of them do not support Israel. So Mm, we don't, we don't know if they're CIA, right? Like, because they, because instead of Israel being their promised land, they think the promised land is like, uh, is like a specific block of crown heights. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know. Like, regardless of their position on Israel, like, I don't think that necessarily affects whether or not I think the CIA is involved, because it would definitely be in their interest to infiltrate a pro-Israel sect Mm -hmm. of the Orthodox community, which is traditionally a little less Zionist, but it would also be in their interest to infiltrate the the opposition movement within that community as well. So it's doors wide open as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I saw a lot of good Lord of the Rings memes. Like uh, they they dug <laughs> too deep, and uh, you know it, it's like the 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 bridge uh, over the river is like the bridge at Khazad Dun and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a banner day for schizo memes, folks. Yeah, well, also like this, you know, I I I hate to bring it up because of course the Israel Palestine conflict is not about like Judaism broadly, but. <laughs> This wouldn't be such a, a a weird story if there wasn't so much hay made about the tunnels under Gaza for so fucking <laughs> yeah. long. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Feels yeah, a little they, weird, like <laughs> the the hor- the real horseshoe theory is tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> and, if you and go then, far and enough then, in either direction, you dig tunnels. And Verhaja <laughs> on the left. <laughs> like two or two or three weeks ago, there was that girl on TikTok who got busted because jealous redditors were calling like the city building inspectors 
on her for digging a tunnel under her house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, look, if you're digging a tunnel under your private resident, like, where did she live? That's the other thing. If you don't live in urban New York City, I think you might be all right digging your own tunnel. I've been like, considering <laughs> digging a tunnel. I've been considering digging a root cellar because I like mm-hmm. to get into pickling. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like, because there's a, um, I live in the fucking woods. Like, I could just start right. digging. You I'd know? like to bi- I'd like to dig a big round tunnel under my house mm-hmm. so that when you get in it, you're like, oh my god, there's a tunnel down here. Where does it go? And then you go through it for a while, and then you realize you're back where you started, and it's all one nice. big cosmic joke. Or, uh, and then if I get bored with that, I could repurpose it for a small hadron collider. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! The other thing is like, uh, I I would love to get into model trains. Like, I feel like model <laughs> trains are the one really autistic hobby that I haven't gotten into. And yes. uh, I don't fun, have the space. Yeah. I don't have. Uh, you need a whole room in your house now, well, just here, dedicated to model trains. So that would be another use if I if I break through the foundation in like one corner of my house and go down a level <laughs> and make a literal sub basement. I could have a whole model train room. Yeah. Well, like my grandpa was like really, he had two special interests, which were computers. And he got into computers in the 80s. So this was a whole different ball game from what we're used to. And model trains. And I always thought like, grandpa, you got to go bigger, man. You can't ride any of these trains. So when (laughs) I'm an old man, I'm going to set up a model train set up in my backyard. But it's all going to be like one fifth scale. It's going to be pretty fucking big. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're going to be making like stop motion size trains. Like you could mm-hmm. film a little like stop motion movie on those bad boys. There That's are right. the, there are the, 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 you know, like I think they're a quarter size trains or something like guard. I know there's garden scale, which is not big enough mm. to ride on, but it's like, they're pretty big. Like, right. You know, one train, one, one, you know, car is like the size of a large house cat. Right. right. A gar- like, yeah. Garden scale means it could be piloted by a garden gnome. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and many garden gnomes do when you're yeah. not looking, just but only when you're not looking. Yeah. They set up the track and they tear it down while you blink. And they're um, they're sort of like Jews in that way. <laughs> Jesus uh, no comment. <laughs> no comment from me. You won't give me the comment on the record on that one. <laughs> do not edit that out. We're we're getting, <laughs> we're getting way into the weeds here, and it's all really inflamed by the fact that before we started recording this podcast, I watched an hour long interview with Matt Pike, maybe one of the most schizo guys in metal. Hell yeah. Oh, nice. We we did that whole episode with Eden about like, hey, is the guy from Sleep anti-Semitic? And the answer was like, he's so incoherent. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's the best way to like, because I think that um, like the, the the Jewish tunnels has brought out a lot of like right wing schizos who are just like, see, I told you they were right. doing blood sacrifices. And that reflects on all Jews when it's like, OK, first of all, 99 percent of American Jews are just like, you know, they're they're like secularly, vaguely, ethnically Jewish. And they look at mm-hmm. these guys the same way that like 90% of Christians look at like the sex abuse in the Catholic church or whatever. Yeah. They're like, Oh, that's just that that's, those are fucked up bumpkins, right? Like the mm-hmm. Orthodox and Hasidic communities, they have really whack opinions about women. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're very backwards in a lot of ways. And like Zionism is like their, their one stopped clock where yeah. they're not as Zionist as like liberal Jews. And it, so it gets complicated. Uh, but the, the other thing is like, um, it's hard to make jokes and, and have fun with this whole Jewish tunnel thing because it's so fucking funny uh, <laughs> without like falling into that. So it's it's almost yeah. like a fun challenge. Like, hey, can you make jokes about this without doing like blood libel? 
You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Anti-Zionism humor challenge level impossible. Make yeah, fun yeah. of the, the <laughs> New York City tunnels. I have found <laughs> it quite fun, to be honest. Yeah, well, you know, I like a challenge. Yeah, this is why I play Kaizo Mario. It's important to bang your head against the wall for a little while before you have an epiphany. Because if you don't do that <laughs> once in a while, there's no joy left in your life. If everything's Man, just right. incrementalism, not only is that not effective, it's also boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that is true. Like this, this uh, making jokes about these guys, it's kind of like there's a lot of those like unkillable piranha plants on the level like you can't remove them <laughs> if you yeah. st- if you touch them you will get canceled so you just got to avoid them it's not like you know like a regular mario level is more like making polish jokes it's like you could go pretty far yeah yeah before yeah. anyone thinks you're being racist well it's so, easy you know, to it's... make italian and polish jokes uh but it's not easy to make jewish jokes really make you makes you wonder about who's in charge oh <laughs> which protocol are we on now um <laughs> <laughs> The oh, Def Jam protocols. Well, <laughs> I got a I got a Trump clip for you guys. You want to hear a good Trump yeah, clip? Oh, yeah, show us a Trump clip. Hell, we love a Trump yes. clip. Okay, so he's 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 literally doing and and this couldn't be a better uh like clip of Trump if somebody put the fucking Seinfeld stand up like uh you know how Seinfeld does a stand up routine at the end of an episode mm-hmm. if they put that music behind it yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah so. Well, this comes to us via Metal Gear Obama, uh, a respected uh, Twitter homie. All right, I'm going to play it on the microphone. I could read that teleprompter all day long. Biden <laughs> can't even read the teleprompter. The other day, Matt, he's given a, a thing. He's a news conference because he hasn't had one in about six years or something. <laughs> can't have it. You can't have a news. So he picks a... He goes... Bill from NBC, NBC, only, uh, so the guy asked him a very simple question, like about vanilla ice cream, (laughs) (laughs) but then they actually asked him a question about a border or something, so he goes, they ask him a question, Bill from NBC, they ask him a question, um, the border is very strong, uh, it's very normal, (laughs) and things are going very well on the border. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thank you very much for the news conference. Thank you. And then he walks into a wall. <laughs> it's really funny because it's not that far off base, but Trump yeah. is zhuzhing it up. He's doing it like he's delivering yeah. a pitch idea for a Looney Tunes scene or something. They're writing his material like based on what would work in like a tight five uh, at the end of a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like with Biden and Trump, you see the two being towards death options which is that Mm -hmm. you can either just like slowly resist it by like succumbing to it at a slower and slower rate as much as you can which is what biden is doing where he's just like yeah very very close to falling apart or you can accelerate towards death like trump has always done which means that he's going to be totally coherent and doing these bits until one day he's just suddenly gone yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that sort of adds to the humor of it which is that like trump is also like a stupid old man who would struggle to answer questions asked mm-hmm. by, to him by the press, but in a very different way than Biden, because mm-hmm. Biden like blinks at the camera, like a sleepy dog. And he's <laughs> like, look, look, you gotta do it like this. And, uh, Trump just blusters and like, he tries to act free like, ball it. Yeah. He, he, he freestyles it and acts like he knows what he's talking about. And like, he acts very confidently where Joe Biden acts a little more sheepish, but it's like, yeah. neither has much actually going on up in the brain box. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because he's making fun of Biden's mental acuity, but he opens his bit by being like, the teleprompter, I could read the teleprompter all day. Jamie, 
put some sample text up on the teleprompter. <laughs> Lorem Ipsum. Did you really read Lorem Yeah, no. I, what does Lorem Ipsum even honestly, mean if anyway? He keeps, if he keeps doing these like stand-up routine speeches, I'm sorry. He's going to win. I just oh, like, yeah. and it, and it makes sense. It. It's in his, it's in the bag for him. If right you, now. if you, if you genuinely like, if you genuinely understand that we have a mono party, they're just doing skirmishes for our entertainment and they're going to do whatever they do because the deep state does not rotate out every election. It's the same, <laughs> it's the same deep state it's always been. Then you understand that like, no matter who gets in, they're going to fulfill their national security goals. They're, uh, in service of imperialism and supporting their client states abroad. But uh, domestically, right, we're like on the verge of full-blown economic meltdown every fucking day. And I think that the mono party is fine with Trump getting in. Like, they don't <laughs> seem to be putting up as much of a fight. It's 2024. Do you remember how the media was about Trump in January of 2016? They oh, were yeah. shitting their pants. Well, here's Meanwhile, the thing, like, it's I feel like the the media right now is like completely limp. They're not they're not like screeching the way they were in 2016 about Trump. I I think they're just they're like going to put up a fucking like fake kayfabe fight and he's going to get in and you know every everything's going to go to shit because the mono party is okay with that happening. Yeah, I mean the, the Trump won the election like as soon as this kicked this is Israel thing kicked off and like mm -hmm. Biden started handling yeah. it the way he did. And like even within the liberal state apparatus, you have people saying like we would be able to accomplish more in terms of peace if anybody could get a handle on Biden, because not mm -hmm. only is like the machine tailored to generate more and more conflict in this manner. But the guy at the helm specifically has a grudge about this. Like he is yeah. specifically a pro Israel dog. So it's like there's there's those two factors happening. And I, I just, you know, this is going to be one of the biggest landslide elections ever. No love to Trump. He's like a fucking psycho and he's just mm -hmm. going to continue all of the stuff Biden is doing now. That's the game plan. But it's like, <laughs> you know, Ed, it, it's weird to me that we had Trump as a president and everybody freaked the fuck out. And then we got Biden and it was actually Biden who like sacrificed his whole presidency on yeah. the altar of like American dominance in the mm -hmm. Middle East. You know? Well, it, it, it truly brings me no pleasure to say this, but if you care about the Palestinians, you'll vote for Trump. <laughs> and the re and <laughs> I know that know. sounds funny and wacky when I say it. The reason I say this is Trump is Trump is the deals guy. He wants to go in with the Palestinians and the Israelis and make a deal. Mm. Biden yeah. doesn't Biden just does not have the the riz to make a deal. And tr Trump, I'm sorry, Trump has that riz. He can riz up the Palestinians, he can riz up the Israelis and come to a deal where maybe not everybody's happy, but at least there isn't just open fucking warfare in Gaza about it. I somehow doubt that that would ever come to pass, to be honest. I, I think foreign pressure is the only thing that's going to end this. I mean, maybe if we get enough domestic pressure in the United States that we actually see, like, the trade unions form a big enough coalition to do mm. something about it, maybe then. But there's, like, no big socialist party with, like, a lot of money and members to do anything about it right now. So, yeah, I don't know. I think... China is delicately weaving the diplomatic needle, but it's tricky for them because they have like a billion fucking business contracts with Israel, too. I mean, the Soviet yeah. Union did during their time. Mm -hmm. um, the, the history of the whole thing and, and Israel's 
centrality to geopolitical conflicts over the last 70 years has just really made it so that you can't look at any one facet of the issue on its own, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, as much as Trump is a deals guy, like he's just out of his fucking depth, even if he does try to riz up the, the, the Israeli government. No, I, I, I think, I truly think he's capable of doing that. And I think he has the hubris. Um, Trump is like the one guy for hu- whom hubris is not like a negative thing. <laughs> he, Interesting. Trump is literally hubris maxed. He's, yeah. he has maxed out his hubris so much that he like he never falls on his own sword. He like well, he, does he keep will failing upward. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, his entire he, life story. He'll just double down and uh he'll double down on literally everything so much and he, and it's and it's a house of cards. It's a tenuous base on which he mm-hmm. stands, but it somehow he makes it work. Yeah, he's like he's like the Mr. Magoo of politics. Like the yeah. fact that he doesn't know anything and means that he just like dodges all of like the falling construction equipment or yeah. the trucks that are going to kill him or whatever. So we have a Mr. Magoo of politics. That's Trump. We have a Mr. Magoo of industry. That's Elon Musk. We have a mm-hmm. Mr. Magoo of academia. That's Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point is it all just Mr. Magoo's? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's mostly what it is. Yeah. Well, speaking of a guy who Mr. Magooed himself into a Bit of a scenario. <laughs> a guy you who guys, needs to Mr. Maget good. <laughs> you guys know I love Bass Pro Shops. Yeah. I like yeah. going to Bass Pro Shops makes me as an adult feel the way that going to Toys R Us did as a kid. Um, so. And this guy took it one step further. Uh, in, uh, in Leeds, Alabama, a Starrett man has been arrested after he ran a car into a pole outside the Leeds Bass Pro Shop took his clothes off, ran inside, and jumped in the indoor fish pond Thursday night. Hell yeah. I saw the photos and a little bit of video of this going around on Twitter. (laughs) Just a real big boy at various stages of getting hauled out of the indoor pond. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of just treaded water, right? He just, like, jumped into the fish tank and, like, floated there he didn't really like do any swimming tricks that i saw he just kind of hung out <laughs> i i do love though that like this guy had some kind of mental plan like the, yeah from the outside it, it's nonsense but internally you know he was working with something because he it seems they said that he intentionally struck the pole in the parking lot mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. your brain's cooking when you hit the pole you're like i just hit that pole time to move you hop <laughs> out of the car you run through the front doors you lay eyes on this pond. Maybe you already knew it was there. Maybe you're a customer, whatever. And then you full, you just send it, haul yes. your whole fucking body into the pool. And then once you're in there, it kind of feels like mission complete. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> you're pretty much done. <laughs> yeah. Where do you go from that? You can't yeah. even double down on that because there isn't a bigger pool for you to flop into. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize he did like the hitting the pole first. That's like more planning than I mm-hmm. realized he did. I thought he just walked in, took his clothes off and jumped in. But he was like, I need a diversion first. What if I crash my own car? This is new information <laughs> to me. I didn't know that he like hit a pole in the parking lot before this happened. So mm-hmm. reading this news article, it also says he struck a pole intentionally in the parking lot with his family in the car. Oh, yeah. oh what the so fuck? I, his family's so in the car too. I, this is not cool initially, anymore. <laughs> I had initially thought that this was like, hey, I'm like 12 beers deep. Let's go to Bass Pro Shops. Because I myself have often had that same urge. I think mm-hmm. a lot of men have. Uh, but no, I think this guy was in some sort of like argument with his wife or oh, maybe his like 
kids were in the backseat fighting and he just had enough. He was just like, if you don't stop fucking yelling at each other, I'm going to drive into the pole <laughs> and jump into the pool with the fish at the Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, you couldn't behave in Costco. You ruined fucking dinner. <laughs> and everyone in this car except me has a fucking bee in their bonnet about some nonsense. So I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to drown myself in the sporting goods store. And that's that. Like <laughs> Between between this and the, the, the Jewish tunnels, this is going to be a very dude's rock year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the main conversations I saw around it when like the pictures were on Twitter is that like his dick is seemingly so small that you like can't really see it when he's like in the you first see thing picture. You can't see it. I and mean, then it's in the one where he's being cold. It is sure it's fair. cold, but like, is it that cold? <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I have you gotta admire him for his bravery. He just went in with a tiny dick and didn't care. I feel like once you have a small enough dick, you're not embarrassed about it anymore yeah. because it does yeah. seem like there's a disproportionate number of men who are unusually comfortable taking off all their clothes, and it seems mm -hmm. to be positively correlated with having a microscopic fucking dick. Well, I think yeah. it started with Howard Stern, right? He used to have the smallest dick in the world competition. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forgot on live about. on his show you know people are like man culture's worse than it's ever been and i gotta tell you man it's a mixed bag with a lot of <laughs> lateral moves <laughs> it's been worse it yeah. honestly has been like it's pretty bad mm -hmm. but it, it can always be worse oh yeah. yeah i mean think about the kind of society that would give the first few seasons of south park traction now think about <laughs> the society that would give the 20th and 21st season of family guy traction <laughs> It's a it's a little or different. South Park or South, I, they're South different Park's still fucking running. Yeah, is it really? Are they making new I, episodes? I they, yes, they, they still are. make South Park, yeah. and they're all, they're completely topical. I'm sure they're doing an Israel episode right now. Yeah, I yeah. keep my Gen X coworkers keep telling me to watch South Park, and I'm <laughs> oh, like, man. I've missed so many seasons. I would be behind. Well, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably figure it out, but why would you want to? The only thing I've heard about Matt and Trey in a while is they bought Casa Bonita. And then they like had this debacle where they were like, we're going to get rid of tipping and get, pay everybody a flat rate to work here. Uh -huh. And it seemed like it was like really on the up and up. Like this is like a Ben and Jerry style move where it's like, we love mm -hmm. our employees. Let's just give you stuff. Um, but then like the employees were like, we actually don't like this. We made a lot more money off of tipping because oh, this wow. is an extravagant environment where people come to blow a bunch of money and show mm. off for people and make an okay. impression. So it's kind of like, hard to say exactly what was happening but there's a pretty good chance that they were doing like wage theft with a bunch of extra steps wow <laughs> so you know i don't know if necessarily fuck those guys but just I, for I, any I number know. of reasons fuck those I, guys. I don't want to <laughs> jump to the wage theft conclusion um it could just be that like they tried doing the no tipping pay everybody a fair wage and they were getting paid a fair wage and they were like, this still isn't enough. We want tips. That could be true too. Yeah. You I mean, know? I don't, I didn't, I don't know all the dynamics. Of the I, I know people that work at, as servers and they, on certain days, like if mm -hmm. they get a certain shift, they do make bank. That is not absolutely not an argument against paying everybody a fair wage. It should be like you get a fair wage and if people want to tip you, they can tip you too. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's just like I think it's the dynamic is a little different because Casa Bonita is like a one of a kind destination to mm -hmm. go eat a dinner in like a it's you know there's like rainforest cafes all over the place yeah. and like you go to a Denny's anywhere and each town has its own fancy restaurant but Casa Bonita is like a nationally famous uh, place and I don't know it's weird to also to me that they bought the restaurant that was like a landmark 
in one of their most popular episodes, it's kind of like Elon Musk buying the bird app. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. It's a lot less pathetic. It is less pathetic. That's how could you be more pathetic? Though? Yeah. I mean, really, try to try to think of anything anyone's done that's sadder than buying Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I think there's like the brainlit idea that Elon Musk bought Twitter so he could silence people who talk shit on him. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's the uh, the galaxy brain opinion that Elon Musk bought Twitter. Because he, at his heart, is a shit poster who doesn't know how to shit post. Like he Absolutely. is just—he's yeah. bad at posting. And Twitter exists as this sort of decentralized, networked meat computer where millions of people's brains are hooked up to Twitter, and they're constantly trying to come up with the best bit or take when a thing happens. Uh, and and Elon wanted—if he can't be a poster himself, he wanted to at least own the network on which the good posting is taking place. Right, yeah. And it's funny because it reminds me of like back in the day when you had regular forums. Mm -hmm. You know, you could try to take over a forum. You could try to become the mod or, or, or get some kind of influence in there. But if you didn't like earn that by being a respected member of the community, you could probably try to throw as much money as you wanted at those guys and they would tell you to kill yourself. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> which was, in, you know, maybe in bad taste, but was ultimately the correct thing to do compared <laughs> to like, you know, a website that was founded by Jack. Jack, are you kidding me? The whole thing, we were in danger of this from the beginning. People are like, oh, it's such a travesty that Elon bought the bird app. It's like, how could it have gone any other way? Absolutely. The way capitalism yeah. is set up now, like the dumbest guy will own the biggest platform <laughs> Period. That's it. That's yeah. the story. <laughs> yeah, we just have a much funnier version of Twitter's like downfall and like <laughs> becoming a shittier and shittier site than we would have if like a venture capital firm had bought it or something. And I think yeah. the thing is like probably like the reason Elon bought it and other people weren't clamoring to buy it is that it like wasn't a very good investment and didn't stand to make much money. And then he came in and was like, all my stupid ideas will help it make money. And then it just made even less money because no one wants to advertise <laughs> on it now. Absolutely. And that plus, remember my theory when this originally happened, that like the Saudis don't like people talking shit on them. Mm-hmm. And if they and the Saudis contributed a lot of money to invest when Elon wanted to acquire Twitter. So if Elon w- runs Twitter into the ground or if Twitter succeeds, either they make money off of their investment or the platform on which people are talking shit on them uh, dies a slow, horrible death. It's a win win for them. Mm-hmm. Well, like, did you guys see um, the tweet from Historic Vids, the um, verified account that's like, the Kazakhstan language sounds like a diesel engine trying to start <laughs> yeah. in winter, and then the video of the news anchor doesn't have any fucking sound. The video doesn't is have a classic any sound. Video. Yeah, the video doesn't have any sound, and the, it has 20,000 fucking likes. I know, dead so internet theory sh- for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's the fucking dead internet, but even more than that, like, I think Twitter is specifically the like dead internet mausoleum. You know, check it, check it out. I just uh, connected all my headphone adapters together into like a foot long fucking piece. Oh my god! It looks like a obscure murder weapon. (laughs) 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 Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to derail your your train of thought. No, that's fine. Now you just got me thinking of all the things you could hook up. (laughs) Yeah. How would it sound? Would it sound really crappy? No, but you're right. You should you should post that in uh, pedal boards of doom and be like, rate my pedal board. (laughs) Dead dead internet theory is real. Uh, Like because also I. 
honestly, that video is hilarious and I've seen it before, but I would just click on it to listen to that whack ass language again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like the, the thing that made me really start feeling like I was on a website with mostly robots is like when you click on any kind of like bigger, like gimmick account, which it's like, I feel like before there was a certain like DIY, like spirit to the gimmick accounts and yeah. they didn't have blue checks. Now it's like they all pay for blue checks to push their shitty repos. And then the replies to those big accounts are all just like other random blue check accounts posting the shittiest like iFunny memes. Not related to the post at all. It's just like yeah. mm-hmm. if something has virality, they reply to farm more engagement off of it. It's really yeah, their engagement farming. Pathetic and, and like stupid. And it's just like this is just robots being like where is the most engagement in the last one hour on, on Twitter? Post a thing there. Get engagement. Well, yeah. This is what happens it's when you, you monetize the, the website is that people yeah. are like, oh, now it's a game that spits out money. Yeah. So now I need to make a robot that beats the game that spits out money. Because there, there, are, there are trackers that can check if you're cheating on mm-hmm. games like poker. But there are not trackers that can check if you're cheating on games like monetized social media websites. <laughs> well, <laughs> hold, hold on. Because I will... Because uh, I've gotten some payouts from Twitter from my shit posts and it's a, it's always just a nice surprise because mm-hmm. I don't shit post for money. I don't engage my farm. I just shit post to shit post. I yeah. see whatever the current event is, the Jew tunnels, whatever. And I, I post a funny post about it and then people like that funny post and it makes me happy that people thought that my post was funny. That like I was doing that before Twitter was doing payouts. Like yeah, yeah, I would have done it for free and I did do it for free for years and now I get like, I don't know, a hundred bucks every few weeks because people like my shit posts. Knowing that and having seen the payouts, like when larger gimmick accounts post it and they're outraged because they're not getting as much money as they thought mm-hmm. makes me think that Twitter does actually have a sophisticated network in place that's monitoring for actual real versus fake engagement. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't even know if I care necessarily. <laughs> well, speaking of farming something else, uh, we talked about Israel. Israel is well known for farming the sperm of their dead soldiers. Oh, mm-hmm. seven. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and apparently Not now, has to die. now that's happening. People are inspired to do that outside of just the battlefield. Uh, a, mm-hmm. a Western Australia woman uh, has apparently granted court permission to have her dead husband's sperm extracted, which is a little <laughs> odd because she's 62 years old. Um, so like how, I don't know how she would uh, have well, a baby. Well, so that that's the interesting bit of this case. And, and I, I kept, my brain kept bending every time I learned a new detail. So it's like, she wants her dead husband's sperm. Okay, weird, but mm-hmm. understandable. And then yeah. it's like, okay, she's in her 60s. Okay, really weird, but still, I guess, maybe just sentimental. Like, you're going to put it on the mantle or something? <laughs> and then it says... She won't be able to do anything with the sperm as posthumous fertilization is banned in Western Australia. <laughs> so then it says that she intends to have her, um, I believe it was a friend of hers or, or a family mm-hmm. oh, there's member. there's going to be a surrogate. A it's younger like a cousin, sister. I think. Yeah. Her, okay. So her cousin, aged in her 20s and living in the Philippines, volunteered to be a surrogate for the pair. But okay. they still would have encountered legal obstacles going down that path because they both would have been required to live in the Philippines for a certain period of time. So mm-hmm. at what point <laughs> – and also, like, if you're in your 60s, how are you going to raise a child – 
past 18, you're yeah. going to die. You're yeah. going to yeah. die while they're in middle school or high school. Like, <laughs> It's difficult, yeah. <laughs> uh, the sad thing about this story is the 62-year-old woman, her husband died, but mm-hmm. also her two adult children died, yes. one in a drowning yeah. fishing trip accident and the other in a car accident at 29, 30 years old. So it's like, it's a very sad story. And I mm-hmm. get why this person wants to like create a child, but also at the same time, unless you have like some sort of weird delusion about like continuing your own bloodline, mm-hmm. like just adopt, I guess you could, you, you're 62 years old. You're probably like set up and you have decent amount of money and can provide, you could probably provide a decent life for like a foster child for a few years. Mm-hmm. And there's less worry about if you have a newborn, you dying while they're in fucking high school. Right. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, I don't know for sure that this is a white lady, but when people get this weird about making sure that they have a biological kid that's theirs, uh, it feels like this is also just like weird white people eugenics stuff. Oh, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> well, I'd really prefer to adopt a white baby, so I, mean, I guess I'll just like kind of have a white baby <laughs> well, wasn't there? Wasn't there like um, a study recently that Australia is somehow more racist than the United States? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it. it depends on how you quantify what qual- what is racism, but like pretty much all of the successful colony nations like the United States, Canada, yeah. Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, these are all basically on par for wh- how the racist the white people are. I would say in South Africa, it's probably much worse. And that's the only notable like difference between any of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what's going on in Australia, folks. A, a totally real and normal country. <laughs> well, as long as we're talking about like weird technological um, shit, as we have been with the bot website and and the sperm extraction, uh, we may as well hit an AI beat just to kind of round out uh, our, our tech segment on the show. Sure. And this last bit is that HarperCollins, uh, the, the extremely large publishing house, has apparently been telling their staff to train AI without author's consent. And it, this is in a bunch of leaked texts that mm-hmm. were posted to Twitter by um, uh, Keshev Kant. And it says, um, the, the text reads, so um, Harper just introduced an AI platform yesterday and is requiring everyone to do training today. They want us to upload full manuscripts. They said that we have to decide internally whether or not to upload manuscripts and whether or not authors give permission for this is mm-hmm. undetermined. And then they continue saying uh, they are specifically showing how to use one aspect of Jasper, which is the name of their AI, to upload a manuscript without saving it or using it to train the AI for summarizing, etc. This tool does not add the manuscript mm. to any database. So there's a lot of like going back and forth on exactly how they're going to use this technology. And it's like one of those things where like I think they're they're obviously going to do the most illegal, most profitable thing. Oh, yeah. But it's interesting when you see their internal communications waffling on precisely how to commit this crime because the technology (laughs) and the legality around it is still kind of new. It's like when you see like, if you left a toddler alone in a room with a cookie and you were like, don't eat that cookie (laughs) or you're grounded, and then you watch them on camera, they would like look at the cookie and then they would like reach out towards it and then they'd be like, oh, I can't. And then like two <laughs> minutes go by, that cookie's gone. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Sure, I, yeah. I think it was Mid Journey. There was like a, a, a similar thing where like there was some internals discussion. I think it was at Mid Journey of here's how to like launder like plagiarism of a specific artist by calling it a style instead of the artist's name mm. and then be like, oh, make it meet something in X style or Y style or whatever. Like people are finding 
as many loopholes and like tricks and vagueness as possible to produce content that is stolen from the you know copyrighted work of real people but then like not have it be easily traced back to that being what it is it's complicated it's i have conflicting feelings on it. on one hand i think that intellectual property laws are draconian and mm-hmm. stupid and there shouldn't be intellectual property because it's just a way for people uh, and organizations that already own a lot of IP to suppress artists doing something original mm-hmm. uh, and, and basically like lock down their grift in perpetuity. Uh, on the other hand, it's like, yeah, if you're an independent artist and your original stuff j- gets straight up ripped off, yeah, you should have a case. Um, it's tough. I mean, you guys saw Steamboat Willie and some other like uh, <laughs> stuff recently finally made it into uh, the copyright expired on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's public in public domain. domain now. And everybody's just been like doing all these rips with it, which is kind of funny because like, I think the memeing it's around about damn Steam- time. Well, it's it, it's also like you were always allowed to meme Steamboat Willie. Mm-hmm. So when you make the meme of him now, you're not proving anything. What you need to do to prove something is put him on a T-shirt and yeah. sell it for money. That's right. And yeah. Then you're off of it. you're using the public domain. <laughs> That's <properly>. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely also have like conflicting feelings where it's like there's there's plenty of ways that like this kind of like the the way these artificial intelligence i feel like especially like the the natural language models but also the image generators like it's undeniably impressive like how far they've come and like the stuff that they're able to produce and the thing that's so fucked up about it is people who think it should do something that it clearly can't do and people are like oh now i can make art without having to learn to draw i just type it in and get a horrific image or it's like now i could write a book or a movie or a play without having to learn to write and just like be like write me a good movie and like I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff that could be coming out of it if it wasn't all going to be sullied by like the profit profit motive and like the theft motive and wanting to like replace the labor of real artists or real writers or whatever. And instead it was just like, it could be used as like research or like there's a lot of information. There's a lot of like stuff it could tell us about like how people write and like what people value in writing and painting and stuff. And instead it's all just trying to like churn out lowest common denominator shit. Yeah. It's it's interesting because people have been really focused on the production capabilities of the AIs, but like uh-huh. one thing that's kind of been more common recently is that you can also use them to detect plagiarism because they're mm-hmm. very good at at delineating where influences and and where like certain yeah. elements of something came from. So like that's a big thing in academia right now is that like for a lo- the whole Bill Ackman plagiarism guy came under fire because his wife did a bunch of plagiarism and now he's saying well we're going to check into harvard and yale and all these other universities for their plagiarism it would be i would be so upset if somebody challenged the hegemony (laughs) of our most elite (laughs) institutions where the people that rule over us are groomed and bred but also he's doing it for like the worst reason because his wife is like a notorious plagiarist and so it's kind of like he's just like well if you're gonna come after me i'm gonna nuke everyone and it's like well Hell yeah <laughs> well, i Go don't for trust it. my only problem is i don't trust him to do it right but yeah thanks <laughs> Other than that, it's like, you know, eventually a day is going to come. It's like the quantum computing thing. We hear about this in tech all the time where they're like, all modern security measures will be suddenly obsolete once quantum computing gets to a certain level of efficiency. Mm. 
And I think the same thing is basically happening with plagiarism, where it's like once we get these AI bots to a certain level of proficiency, like, yes, you're going to be able to AI generate anything you want, but then some other person is just going to be able to like, well, I put that through the AI checker. And it says that it's just stolen from here, here, and here. And I can tell that it's an AI-generated image made on this software, on this version number, on blah, blah, blah. So just like cybersecurity, you know, we're only seeing the first wave now. We're seeing like the yeah. weird black hat hacker stuff. But we're going to see like the the security infrastructure elements of AI come into play over like the next five to ten years. Mm. And I think people just don't really have an imagination of what that's going to look like because they think that it's one of these things that is like totally unrestrained and it does not include its opposite and is not dialectical. It's just like a vector that goes straight in one direction and, and does everything. And it's like, that's not how technology works. Like when we, when we invented agriculture, it didn't just do one set of things. It did a bunch of sets of things. Mm -hmm. When we invented the automobile, it didn't just do one thing. It did a bunch of sets of things, you know? And I think the same way with AI. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, well, speaking of humans breeding something that will eventually kill us, as with AI, the UK, a very normal island where normal things happen, has banned the XL bully dog breed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize this is like a specific, like they had like different size uh, designations for the breed. Like I'd heard of bully as a breed, but I didn't realize there were all these like different types. It's interesting well, because I actually didn't, I thought XL bully was just what they called pit bulls in mm -hmm. the UK. I thought mm -hmm. it was like, they, they have to be special. They're like, we go raw XL bully, Mike. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> yeah, and it's just a, a pit bull. Yeah. But apparently a, uh, a American pit bull and the XL bully differ in a few key ways. Uh, pit bulls are generally smaller. They can weigh between 50 and 100 pounds, whereas XL bullies, specifically the ones they're breeding in the UK, um, are either so inbred that they're just these tiny, like, floppy, neotenous baby pit bulls that never get big, <laughs> or they can get up to 200 fucking pounds. Weird. So you either have, like, an enormous mastiff pit bull, or you have a weird little axolotl pit bull that just stays a yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I fucked. don't know if you guys saw the, the pictures of... Um, the memes where it's like an advertisement for an XL bully in the UK and it's like three X this dog and two X this dog. And somebody's like, just so it's not clear, that means it's been inbred with this dog's bloodline three times and inbred with this other dog's bloodline <laughs> oh, yeah. two times. And they're showing that off as like a feature where they're yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> come in and get the special XL bully now inbred three times in this family, two times in the other family and dropped from a high height. They're breeding <laughs> these insane killing machine dogs. Like it's nuts. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of weird, like holdover from like a very different, like time in human society. And a, like, <laughs> just like a, generally kind of uh i don't know like the idea of like pure bloodlines it's like very inbuilt to how people think about dog breeds where there's like literal pedigrees and it's like well does it trace its lineage back to like an unbroken line of the specific like all these characteristics that we define which all are also like basically made up because it's like these are all still the same species they're all dog mm -hmm. like they're all the same in terms of like their basic biology but it's just like breeding until they have very specific traits and personalities and stuff. And it's often bad because they get sick or die easier. 
Yeah, it's it's like the weird dog racism version of like England doesn't really have a lot of gun crime, so they have to argue over how big of a knife you're allowed to have outside <laughs> yeah. of like your, your yeah. kitchen counter or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all like very weird because it's like, you know, uh, I understand countries at a certain point in development. I don't think Britain ever got there, but I understand them like banning firearms and stuff. But it's like there is a certain like diminishing returns on declaring things weapons because eventually you get to the point where it's like some kid stabs another kid at school with a pen and pretty soon you're like all pens must be yeah. rubber tipped pens you know or whatever yeah. no it's really weird it uh i i i get why they're banning an entire breed of dog like if you if you took I don't know, ducks, like a fairly, like they can get aggressive, but they're not killing anybody. If you, if you bred ducks until you had like the, the fabled horse sized duck from that oh, yeah. one Reddit post about, <laughs> would you rather fight like a hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized duck or whatever? Yeah. Like, uh, like if you, if you bred a giant killing machine out of a duck, you know, it would probably be a danger to society too. Like that guy from England who grows giant vegetables, but he's just like, grew me all size duck, a horse, <laughs> quacks like a duck, simple as. <laughs> I love that guy. I don't know. That it's, guy always it's looks weird. so chill and content yeah, in his pictures. It's so, it's fucking weird what you can do by selectively breeding animals. Like well, you can I, make some fucked up shit. I don't know if it's something that humans ought to be meddling in. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, 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 I sincerely don't know enough about the dogs in question or the way that the people around them handle them to like formulate a, a coherent position on the issue. Cause I go back and forth. Cause it's like, are the British doing weird dog eugenics that are scary? I Absolutely. do believe that, but also could the British possibly be overreacting to a normal thing? I also would believe that. So um, it's a little but, of both. It is a little of both. Like there but, were, so the, the reason they banned it is there was a string of, of very violent attacks by XL mm -hmm. bullies on the other hand, like, yeah, Brit Britain banned, like, guns and, like, certain knives, and they have, like, insane rules about what you can and can't do uh, because they are so, like, pres prescriptivist about their attempts to curb violence that I, it's fucked up. They're, they're, they're a very normal island. Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing about the island is that people's responses to the ban are the funniest part because it's like, this is a country where extinction rebellion has like a really big foothold and people just don't know how to do normal protests. So the vice <laughs> article says this sparked a wave of fairly impressive Photoshop jobs, people wearing muzzles in solidarity <laughs> with XLs, parody <laughs> raps, one guy driving 30 dogs to safety in Scotland where the ban doesn't <laughs> exist. And weirdly loads of spoken word poetry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. They're all doing, Doing like UK style, like you know, you know, UK rappers are all also fucking goofy. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing spoken word raps about like, uh, what? <laughs> I can't even. I can't, it's fucking. It's it's insane. <laughs> you gotta. I gotta find one of these pitbull rap. Or these Love XL bully raps. Yeah. Just because you say he's an XL, I can't have him. Well, <laughs> I'd like to have him. Thank you all so much for coming to the spoken word poetry reading. <laughs> <laughs> the pictures of like the protest signs and, and like the shit in the article are just definitely the funniest part. Like I really like the girl where it says the only bully here is you. And it's like a <laughs> maybe racist drawing of Rishi Sunak. Like his ears are sticking out like all those old uh, political cartoons of Obama. And it's like arrows pointing to him. It just is like a very crude drawing. Okay, I, like I, got, I got this. Yeah, yeah. Lay it on us. Suffer because all these other people's actions. 
man. He's irresponsible owners now. I can't believe this happened. Now they want to put a muzzle on his face and treat him like a beast and make him look like all the stereotypes that you lot think of me. I mean, any dog can be a killer, man. The trouble's in the owner. But now we walk down the road, I see people crossing over. How can I explain to Reeks we can't go zoomies on the beach or we can't run up into the woods and fly and seek up in the trees? I mean, I love you forever, boy. And I'm always going to protect you. And my life is so uncertain. I'll try my best to make it better. How can they say they're killers and that the whole breed is vicious? My son's a year and a half old and Rico loves to give him kisses. I mean, our police need a break because you know no two dogs are the same. I miss hanging out of the windows while we're driving around the ways. I'm a ride or die for you, boy, and I promise it's all right. And for your whole life, I'll be riding by your side because my dog is my best friend. Yeah. Running around me all of the time. All of the time. Every your best friend, boy. Yeah. And if you promise that you will oh, be mine. England must be stopped. <laughs> and, and, and just to paint a picture for you listeners he's sitting there this british guy (laughs) rapping is sitting there with a dog with a muzzle on and that dog has a look in its eyes like it's ready to do a toddler holocaust (laughs) (laughs) i think my favorite is the guy with the jacket where it's like a picture of like a dog and in uh like portrait that's cut in half and it says i'm a lover not a fighter but i'll fight for what i love (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. So this is like this is like people who are way too serious about like their relationship or their car or something and they're just like fucking normie schizo posting about it all the time, but it's uh-huh. an entire subset of the British yeah. public who are obsessed with a dog. <laughs> this one <laughs> really specific too, breed like, of dog. I I have trouble figuring out who the racist is on the on in this. I feel like it's racists fighting each other because one group is like you have to let us do weird dog eugenics. And yeah. the, the other group is like we are racist against the eugenics dogs. <laughs> no, one, yeah, both, one, yeah. One group is trying to breed the dog Ubermensch, and the other group is trying to genocide the dog Ubermensch's <laughs> phenotype. I don't know. Yeah. All right, that's been BB. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the show. This has been Going a very wide ranging episode of your favorite <laughs> show, BB Lettuce. You can check out my other show, which is about labor. It's called Work Stoppage. Bryn has a show called Generation Lost. It's about movies and TV. Todd has a shop. It's called Doomer.shop, and that's also where you can find it. And as always, we love you. Stay high. Goodbye. Be fine, y'all. See, why has my bully got to suffer because all these other people's actions, man? He's irresponsible owners now. I can't believe this happened. Now they want to put a muzzle on his face and treat him like a beast and make him look like all the stereotypes that you lot think of mean. I mean, any dog can be a killer, man. The trouble's in the owner. But now when we walk down the road, I see people crossing over. How can I explain to Reeks we can't go zoomies on the beach or we can't run up into the woods and play hide and seek up in the trees? I mean, I'll love you forever, boy. And I'm always going to protect you. And my life is so uncertain. I'll try my best to make it better. How can they say they're killers and that the whole breed is vicious? My son's a year and a half old and Rico loves to give him kisses. I mean, our bullies need a break because you know no two dogs are the same. You miss hanging out of the windows while we're driving around the ways. I'm a ride or die for you, boy, and I promise it's all right. And for your whole life, I'll be right here by your side because my dog is my best friend. Yeah, and I want him around me all of the time. <laughs> hey, Reeks, I'll be your best friend, boy. Yeah, and if you promise that you will be mine. Hey, 
boy, I know you don't understand me, but your life's about to change, and people won't say hello no more, or even look at you the same, I mean, how can I explain that nobody wants to show him love, and then he looks at me with sadness in his eyes, like, dad, what have I done, I mean, I'm so sorry, boy, but we can't play fetch in the park, or go swim around the lake, or even hang on your favourite branch, it really breaks our heart, but there ain't much more that we can do, they're trying to make out like you're monsters, but what they say isn't true, because you're the sweetest dogs in the world, so caring and so loving, now they want to tarnish your breeding, call you evil and disgusting, all because some guys, they wanted to use you as a weapon, not the fact that you bring joy to our lives, and every day you're a blessing, I mean, these bullies need a break, because no two dogs are the same, you miss hanging out the windows while we're driving around the ways, I'm a ride or die for you boy, and I promise it's alright, because for your whole life, we'll be right here by your side, but see, our dog is our best friend, man, yeah, and we want him around us all of the time, yeah. hey Reeks, I'll be your best friend, boy, if you promise that you will be mine, save our bullies, man.